Good morning, everyone. How are we? Good morning. Good morning. Good. All right. We've got some people that are awake. Hey, I just want to uh, start off this morning by making a confession. Um, I love hats. Um, it seems like a weird confession to make, but um, I do. I really do. I love hats. In fact, Julie will tell you. Um, she's not here. She's taking care of Luke at the moment. But Julie would tell you that at one time, I probably owned close to a couple hundred I had a hat problem, probably. Some women have shoes. This guy had hats. I loved hats because I still love hats because they tell a lot about a person, right? For example, I brought a few hats this morning. I put on this hat, and you would realize that either I um, have worked at Caribou Coffee, am working at Caribou Coffee, or just have a really serious coffee problem, all of which is true. I might put on this hat, and you would realize that I am a NASCAR fan, in particular Dale Earnhardt fan, who's Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, who is going to win today at Bristol. I put on this hat, and you may not be able to see it as well, but you'd say, hey, he likes Disney World. This is a Disney World hat. I got this on a vacation. I'm going to put on this hat, and you're going to realize that I'm a man of style, class, and sophistication, that you all want to get to know me very much, or you would just say, I'm just full of it. Either way. And then finally, I put on this hat, and this hat, you may not be able to read it, it says St. Thomas. I got this on vacation when I was in the Virgin Islands, and I liked it because it has my name on it. I asked the guy when I bought this hat, I said, hey, my name is Thomas, do I get a Thomas discount? He just looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, really, my name is Thomas, do I get a discount? It's my hat, it's my island, I own it. But a hat tells a lot about a person, right? I mean, we have an entire military uh, division, the Green Berets. They're known by the hats that they wear, right? Um, another time, I was in uh, Chicago. I'm a Minnesota Twins fan. I was wearing a Minnesota Twins hat. I happened to stumble into White Sox territory. Um, and I was harassed unmercifully by the barista at Starbucks. Um, I just pointed to the standings at that particular moment in time, and he shut up. Um, hasn't been that way for a while, but, you know, we like to remember those. But last summer, the flip side of that was... We were up at the, uh, the new stadium there, Target Field, and uh, the guy who was sitting in front of us at the, at the Twins-White Sox game was a White Sox fan. He had his White Sox hat on. And uh, he was nice. He actually did nice things for us. Lucas kept dropping his drink on the, on the ground and would roll under that guy's seat, and he'd reach down, he'd pick it up and hand it back with a smile. And I looked at him, I said, dude, you have to stop being nice to me or else you're going to ruin my opinion of all White Sox fans everywhere. So, I mean, hats tell a lot about who we are, what we're like, kind of what's on the inside. And likewise, the early church wore a very particular hat. Now, if you'll remember, we're in this series in Acts. We've been walking our way through the book of Acts, and we're taking a look at the church unleashed. And the church at that moment in time was very distinctive from society. They, in fact, this distinctiveness, this uniqueness had started to get them in some hot water. If you remember, a couple weeks ago, we looked at the start of the persecution of the church. And then last week, we looked at the church's response to that persecution. So now, just like we saw in Acts chapter 2, we are starting to get another, we have another snapshot of what the church looked like at that particular moment of time. And and, and to be honest, sometimes that's a problem for us because we look at this passage and we're like, well, what do we do with this passage? Is this how we're supposed to act? Is this how we're supposed to live? Is this how we're supposed to behave? Because not every time when we read a historical narrative in, in, in text is that, you know, the way that we're supposed to act. Sometimes God 
operates in a unique way. I'm thinking of you know, some specific Old Testament passages. We don't read that and go, oh, okay, I'm supposed to go do that. Um, that's not necessarily what we do. But I think in this case it is. This is not just an aspirational goal. This isn't just what the church should strive for. This is something that I believe was a realistic picture, a realistic look at what that church at that moment in, in that time looked like. But I also believe that in that picture, it's like looking in a mirror. And we see ourselves there as well. You see, I maintain that this is not simply aspirational, but this is a picture of a healthy church. And the reason that it's that way is because they had a common life that they were living amongst themselves. And the most important thing was that what that life was centered around. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to preach, and, and the basic idea I had was repent, that we all need to live lives of repentance. And the reason why repentance is even possible is because of the fact of what Jesus Christ did for us. If you remember, he died on the cross. And, and as we see in this passage, they centered their lives around this testimony that Jesus Christ was resurrected on the third day. And churches that are centered around the resurrection, communities that are centered around the resurrection, they look a certain way. And so this morning I'm here because I want, I want you to get this one big idea is that the goal of Waukee Community Church is simple, is that we should be wearing and we should continue to wear the hat of the early church. Now you may be wondering, what is this hat he keeps talking about? Well, I like to think of life in acronyms, okay? Acronyms help me to remember certain key points of a passage or about a certain thing. We, uh, we remember things better when they're an acronym. So for me, hat is H-A-T. It had to be a short acronym so I could remember it. Um, but that stands for three aspects that we see in this passage. The first of which is heart, the second of which is attitude, and the third of which is testimony. And we're going to see as we walk through this passage this morning that the early church had a common heart, that they had a common attitude, and they had a common testimony in the risen Jesus Christ. This hat that they wore signified who they were, identified them as a person and as a group of people, as a community. But before we dive into that, let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and to work in each of our lives. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this picture. Thank you for what you did in the early church. Thank you that you sent Jesus to come and to die on our, in our behalf and that you resurrected him on the third day, that he rose bodily. Thank you that everything you prophesied about his life came to pass. Thank you that you promised that he's coming back. Father, I ask you to send the Holy Spirit now. I ask you to send him so that we may be changed as a result of looking at this word and that we might be encouraged to keep on doing what we're doing. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this opportunity this morning to, to dive into your word um, and just thank you for all that you're doing here in the life of Waukee Community Church. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this hat that they wore. If you look in your Bibles in verse 32, we see the first thing. It says, but, the, but now the full number of those who believed were of one heart. And we're going to stop there for just a moment. 
They were of one heart. What does this mean? What does this heart idea look like? Well, I believe that if, if you look at the, the whole of Scripture, the whole of, of everything that we've read so far in Acts, but also looking back in, in the Gospels as well, is that this heart that they shared, it was one heartbeat. It was one goal, one passion, one mission. And I believe it was summed up nicely by Christ when they asked him, yeah, what, what is the, the law? What is the most important of the commandments? And Jesus said that, it's that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and equally as important, that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then further then when Christ, after his resurrection, came back and he said, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the nations. I want you to tell them about what I've told you. I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This was the heartbeat of the early church. This is what they wanted to be about. This beautiful gospel message that for all of us, because all of us have sinned, all of us have fallen short, every single one of us have missed the mark of what God has planned and, and purposed for our lives. We blow it all the time. And yet Jesus forgives. He offers us forgiveness when we repent and we turn away from that and we walk toward God. Just like the story of the prodigal. I love that picture. I think I referenced this a couple weeks ago. Just that idea that we thumb our nose at God and we go off and we chase after our own things. And then when we're there and we turn around and we come back, God runs to meet us. It's a beautiful picture. This is what their heartbeat was. It was this gospel message. This is what they had as their single heartbeat, their single focus, their single mission. So then we have to ask ourselves this question. What is the heartbeat of, of Waukee Community Church? Do we have this unity of heart? Do we have this unity of purpose? Do we have this unity that is found like we see here in the early church? And I'm happy to say I think we do. I think one of the coolest things that I have seen um, as we've, um, over the past year or so as elders, we've kind of wrestled with this idea of vision, and then we've enlisted the vision team to come in and help us with this as well. The cool thing that I have seen in this is that although we may have some differences of opinion on how we might say something or maybe some finer point, the simple fact that Waukee Community Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all the nations, that's our heartbeat. And that was the early church's heartbeat too. You see, we have this. We have this unity of heart. That's what the coolest part about this, this wasn't groupthink because we disagree with some things. I wouldn't phrase it that way. I guarantee the vision team isn't phrasing it just the way I just did. But at the, at the heart of it, at the end of the day, that's what they're wanting to do. And that's what's great is that we have this unity. We have this common heart that is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the key question I think for us this morning is this, is what do each of us individually, what is our heart beat for? Is it the mission of Waukee Community Church? Do we long to see this church um, grow? Not that we want to get big. I, I appreciated Jeff praying that we would grow because not that we want to get big and we're going to have big fancy buildings and big fancy cars for our pastor and, you know, you know, big budgets and all these kind of things. And Dave's smiling at the idea of a big fancy car. Um, 
That's not why we want to do that. We want to see us grow. We want to grow because that means more people are coming to Christ. More people coming to Christ means more people are being saved. That's our heartbeat. So we should want to get big. Not just to get big because we can puff out our chest and say, look at us, we're awesome. But that we can say, thank you, Jesus, for saving people and growing your church. That's what we want. Is that what our heartbeat is? Are we in unison with one another? Do we long to see God's name made glorious to all the nations? Because that was the heart, the common heart of the early church. So if the early church had a common heart, they likewise had a common attitude, which is the A in hat. They had this common attitude. Let's take a look again at the rest of 32 and then 34 and 35. So the rest of 32 says, Now the full number of those who were believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. We're going to skip to verse 33. We'll come back to that in a moment. Verse 34. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. You see, this common heart, this common attitude toward one another manifests itself out in love and compassion and generosity toward one another. I think it's also important, and it's just a little side note, I think it's important to note that as we read in 35, they said that they laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed. The inference there is that the apostles were the ones doing the distributing. The early church trusted its leaders. They had a trust, not just with each other, but with their leaders. It was just, they got along. They liked each other. They loved each other. That was a glorious truth, that they got along and that they liked each other. So it changes our attitude toward each other because, honestly, there's some Cyclone fans in here, and I really don't like Cyclone fans, being honest. But that's the glorious truth of the gospel is that Hawkeyes and Cyclones come together and we get along. I'm not sure about the whole Twins White Sox thing. I think that might be pushing it, but I was kidding. But I also want you to see that it changed their attitude towards stuff. I want you to look at this and notice that it was voluntary. This was the, no one was forcing them. There wasn't a government program coming along and confiscating the church's money and saying, we'll take care of this. John Piper, when he preached this passage, said this. He said, so there's a second effect of trusting in Jesus. The first, the first is that the heart is tightened in its relationship to people. So, in other words, people grow closer together. The heart is tightened in its relationship to people. And second, the heart is loosed in its relationship to things. Faith in Christ creates a bond of love to people and cuts the bond of love to things. They gave their stuff. They sold their stuff because they loved Jesus and their neighbor more than they loved their stuff. I was talking to Pastor Dave this morning and, and we were commenting on, I was commenting, and he and I both, we really enjoy the show American Pickers. And we were just commenting about how these people have this love of stuff. You know, how this 90-year-old guy will stand there and say, oh, I can't sell that. I may never come across another one. You're 90 years old. You probably aren't going to come across another one because I'm guessing you're not going to get out of the house much more. It'd be rude, but you know, we just we hang on to our stuff, our precious. 
We don't want to let it go. It's ours. No, don't mess with my stuff. But the early church, they were compelled, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5.13, they were compelled by the love of Christ to sell their stuff and give the money away. So how are we doing, Waukee Community Church? How are we doing at this? If there's one of these that I think we get more than any other, I think it might be this one. And here's why I say this. A lot of you know um, that Julie and I are in the process of adopting uh, a little boy from South Korea. And uh, uh, as we go through this process, I mean, it's, for those of you who have adopted internationally, it's expensive to adopt internationally. There's a lot of money that it takes. And Julie and I, I mean, we're, you know, we're saving, we've cut things in our budget, but you know, the, one of the cool things about this is that we put a call out to our church family that you know, we, we could, if you feel led, you guys have been awesome. And more importantly than even just the money is that you guys understand and you're supporting what we're doing and that you love the fact that we're doing what we're doing. And you're coming alongside of us and you're encouraging us. You see, that's what happens is you, we've grown closer together. And the love of stuff, the love of money has gotten farther apart. But it's not just me. Last, late last year, we put a call out that um, the Family Assistance Fund, we used to know this as the Koinonia Fund, was running low. And you guys blew us away with your generosity in that. We have a nice surplus there so that when people have needs and come to us, we can meet needs. I think one of the neat things, in, uh, th- at least in the time that I've been an elder, I don't know that anybody has been turned away from assistance from the church because we just didn't have any money. That's awesome. That means we're doing what they said here. Why? Because we're rallying around the gospel. We understand that there's something bigger than just our stuff. In fact, I was... A couple weeks ago, I overheard a conversation. Um, one person thanked somebody else because they just gave him a gift, a financial gift. It's awesome. It encourages me because it says we get this idea that we should love God and we should love our neighbors and we should love the family here at Waukee Community Church more than we love our stuff. But it's not even just our stuff. For some of us, writing a check might be the easiest thing we can do. I happen to know of several guys that um, went over to someone else's house a few weeks ago. Um, I know because I was supposed to be one of them, but Lucas ended up in the hospital. I wasn't able to go. But but these guys went over and they helped paint and finish someone's basement. Gave their Saturday up. You know? I know Pastor Jeff went and helped put a ceiling fan in for somebody last weekend. I overheard somebody today saying, you know what, I don't have anything going on this week. I'm going to go check to see if somebody needs my help fixing up their house. That's common life. That's what we're to be about. So the key question that I would have for you is this, is how has God equipped you to meet someone else's needs? Do you have something that someone else would benefit from, that someone else could use, that it would help them out? Is it time? Is it money? Is it resources? What do you have that God has blessed you with that you can give away to somebody else? That's the question. Because the early church 
had this in common. They had this attitude of what's yours is the communities, what's mine is the communities, there is no, this is mine. It's ours for the good of the kingdom. So if the early church had a, a common heart and a common attitude, most importantly, I think they had a common testimony. And that's the T there in half. Let's look at back at verse 33. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You see, testimony is a funny thing. We start talking about testimony and witness, and we get kind of weirded out in the church. Uh, but, you know, the thing about testimony is that testimony isn't that we make something up. In fact, if you do that in the law, I think we've got enough lawyers here that would tell you if you go into a court of law and you make up your testimony, you're going to get in trouble. Testimony is just simply you go in and you say what you saw. You explain your experience. They testified to the resurrection because they saw it. They witnessed it. They experienced it. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to flip back just a couple pages, back to John chapter 20. Because I want, I want you guys to see something. John chapter 20, um, verse 19. Now, at this point in Acts, we were probably just, I'm just ballparking it here. I didn't do the homework and I should have, but um, I'm ballparking it here. We, we know that there, uh, the day of resurrection, Jesus was there for 40 days. Uh, then he ascended. Probably at this point, we're, you know, maybe another 30 to 40 days-ish. Okay, so we'll say 90 days just for round figures, all right? Three months is where we're at now in this passage in Acts. Where were the apostles three months previous? Well, let's look. John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Did you guys see that? Did you see that? 90 days before, they're cowering in a corner. The doors are locked. They're scared. They're afraid. They don't know what they're going to do. 90 days later, after they're aware of the resurrection, they're testifying it with boldness. They spoke the word with great power. The disciples went from a bunch of cowards locked in a room to a church unleashed on the world that literally turned the world upside down. Why? Because of the testimony of the resurrection. I've been reading a lot this past week in the, the class I'm in at school. I've been reading a lot about the resurrection and people who doubt the resurrection say, well, it didn't happen. You know, and other people say, no, I'm pretty sure it did. For me, this is something that I see. Whether these guys saw something to change their lives. They gave testimony to the risen Jesus Christ. Why? Not because they, would have, they thought it would be fun. Not because they thought, oh, well, let's do this because, you know, we can get away with it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we saw the church being persecuted for this. 
don't know about you, but if I know something's not true, I'm just going, you know, and I'm not going to talk about that anymore. We kind of clam up. No, these guys got bold in the face of persecution. They got bold in the face of this. Why? Because they knew this was true. And what about us? What about Waukee Community Church? What's our testimony focused on? What's our preaching focused on? What's our outreach focused on? What's, what are our life groups focused on? What are our coffee meetings? When we get together with guys or gals um, over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, what do we get together and what do we talk about? It's my experience. And I, we're not perfect. I, I, I get together, um, and I didn't clear this with Doug so he can beat me up later, but Doug and I get together every week and we, have, we talk about God's word together. And that's not to say that there aren't times that, you know, I'll show him a funny YouTube video first or, you know, or we might chat a little bit and joke a little bit. I think this past week we were lamenting something else about a tech, uh, a website that we use all the time is going down. And uh, yeah, Doug's already crying about it again. But, you know, the thing is this, is that inevitably we circle it, always circle it back to the gospel. Doug, what's, what's God doing in your life right now? Doug asked me, Tom, well, what, what do you think about this? I'm, you know, what's God doing in your life? In our life group, you know, we, we have a great time in our life group. You know, we sit around, we eat, um, especially when we have chocolate cake. Um, we have a good time. But we always go to the Word and we always go to prayer. Why? Because the testimony of the gospel, the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true. So here's the question I want to leave you guys, or this question I want to ask on this is that, what do you talk about with people at Waukee Community Church? What are you talking about with your neighbors? What are you talking about with your coworkers? What are you talking about with everyone? Are you testifying to the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins and that on the third day God raised him from the dead and he ascended and he's at the right hand of the Father and that someday he is coming back to right all the wrongs and to establish his kingdom on this earth. Is that what we're talking about? Because as much fun as any sporting event is, and I'm guilty of this as much as the next guy talking more about sports and more about, than about Jesus. As much as that is, sports are going to waste away. But Jesus is forever. Where's my last hat? This last hat is pretty bland, pretty boring. I bought this hat last fall before I went over to West Africa. And the reason I bought this hat was because I didn't want to be easily identified right away as, as an American. Although, looking at me, you'd probably guess that... <laughs> I'm an American. But trying to be, you know, subtle. Um, certainly didn't want to wear one with a big cross on the front, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes as we walk around and we want our hat to be plain, we don't want people to know what we're part of. That's not what the early church was like. And I don't think that's what Waukee Community Church wants to be like. We want to have a hat that lets the world know who we are. We want to have a common heart 
that beats with a passion to see people come to know Christ. We want to have a common attitude of love for each other and a lack of love for our stuff. And we want to have a common testimony, a common testimony that Jesus Christ died for our sins and on the third day, God raised him from the dead. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to wear so that others will see us as who we are. So this, I have three challenges I want to leave you guys with this morning. Challenge one is are you in community? You cannot wear a common hat if you are not in community. What that looks like here at Waukee Community Church is life groups. This is getting together with someone like Doug and I do, just to get together and, and have a cup of coffee at Caribou and talk about God's Word. That's community. That's getting together. That's making that community, that connection a priority. Is that a priority in your life? Challenge two is are you seeking to meet someone else's needs? This is what we call loving someone more than uh, you love yourself. This is making yourself available uh, to meet someone else's needs. This morning, um, Dom, where's Dom? Is he in here? There he is. Hey, Dom. Dom came to me and says, what do you know about computers? And the first, I got to confess this, and, and, you know, my first thought was, I don't have time for that this week. I'm busy. I got a lot going on. But I'm preaching to myself here. So, Dom, yeah, we'll get together and I'll see what I can do for your computer, okay? I can't promise anything. I'm not a miracle worker, but... I'm just, I'm even thinking about myself. How can I bless somebody else? How can we bless one another? How can we meet one another's needs? And the third thing I want to challenge you on is what's your testimony? I like to call that the idea of boasting. What are you boasting in? You see, the great news about the gospel is that we can realize that it's not about us, but it's about Jesus. He is the one that saves us. We don't save ourselves. I love this passage in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. It says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Don't boast in your checkbook. Don't tell people about your great job. Don't tell people about your favorite sports team winning unless you're telling them about Jesus. Because that's the most important thing. So friends, that's what this common life this common hat that we are to wear looks like. There are times as a leader that here at Waukee Community Church, as a leader that I can get down, we can get discouraged because we look at it and we see, we kind of get roped up and, and wrapped up in some of the negative things because although I think we do a really good job, there are times we blow it and we get brought down. Let me encourage you today. As I was preparing for this message and I was thinking about how we have a common heart, a common attitude, and a common testimony, I got really encouraged about the future of Waukee Community Church, about what we can do, how we can reach our friends and our neighbors, how we can take this gospel message to the nations. 
how we can make a difference in people's lives. I think we're doing a pretty good job, but there's always room for improvement. So my challenge for you this week is we leave here, go, wearing the hat of a church that is focused on the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this, these people. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the encouragement that they give me. But above all, I thank you that as much as we get along and we like each other, it's all because of Jesus Christ. Help us to testify to the truth of Jesus Christ in everything that we do, everything that we say, and everywhere that we go, so that you may get the glory and that people will come to know Jesus the Savior throughout Waukee, Dallas County, Des Moines, to the ends of the earth, for your name and for your glory. I'll fill that up.